0: All right, really quick. I'm excited to share that the Modern Multifamily Podcast has joined the Smarter Living Podcast Network, your one-stop destination for the best content across the entire multifamily industry. Head over to smarterliving.io to learn more. All right, let's jump into it. Today, I was lucky to sit down with Autumn Hunt, the Director of Marketing at CIP Communities. We connected about a month ago on the topic of go-to-market, and Autumn was willing to share her five-step go-to-market framework. In this show, we dig into steps one through five of how her and the team are taking product from idea and development all the way through to ongoing marketing and sales alignment. It was a pretty fascinating conversation to hear from an operator's perspective how GTM or go-to-market impacts their philosophy, and I certainly learned a lot. I'd love to hear your feedback on where this was applicable, or if you'd like to hear more or less of this kind of content, and I truly hope you enjoy. Let's get into it. All right, Autumn, welcome to Modern Multifamily.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: I would love to start with a little bit of your introduction, who you are, and how you found uh, the role that you're in today over at CIP. CIP.
1: Sure, absolutely. So for my entire career, I've been at the intersection of marketing, sales, and customer success. A few years after my undergrad, I decided to go back to school, get an MBA with a specialization in marketing, um, really wanted that business first orientation in my career. Nearing the end of my degree, I was searching for my my next big role um, and CIP was hiring for a marketer at the time. Um so the rest is history, so to say. So I, I recognized like during that process that CIP was in a growth phase, both in terms of growing in size and in scope. So we were entering new markets. We were building um, new luxury assets in new states, um, which meant marketing needed to support the organization in new ways. And so I did just that. I scaled the marketing department with additional team members and really structured what is really like an internal agency to help support our communities.
0: It's my favorite kind of like verbiage when I hear that same component that like businesses have constructed marketing to be an agency model. I think that is very much like the future of, of marketing organizations, especially on the operator side within multifamily. CIP is a name I've heard of, but I definitely don't know a ton about them. And I feel like the Midwest is just full of these hidden gem organizations that are doing these incredible things. Would you mind sharing a little bit more about CIP as an organization, who you are and, and maybe where you're going?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I'm born and raised in the Midwest, so I'm a little biased probably within that, Um, but it certainly is a gem. I mean, the people and the places are wonderful here, even though at times it can feel like quite literally a little flat in the landscape, but um, CIP community. So we're a family owned business um, and we're a property management and development company with about 39 multifamily assets and 7,200 units across three states. So where I live, Lincoln, Nebraska, that's where we're headquartered, Um, but we have communities in Omaha, Nebraska, Des Moines, Iowa, and throughout the Twin Cities in Minnesota. So our mission is to provide those we serve with exceptional experiences, and I think how that is threaded in all that we do is what makes CIP such a gem. So from our employees to our residents, our dedication within that is just steadfast.
0: I love that. That's awesome. That's a really cool framing too. A few weeks back, Autumn, it's been probably actually over a month now. uh, You commented on a LinkedIn post I did talking about go to market, which is my world. And I think you and I are quite similar in terms of professional career being spent largely at this intersection of sales, marketing, and CX. I really liked that you said that. Uh, and if I'm being honest, you're the first person ever on the operator side of our industry that's ever said the word "go to market" out loud to me. I am, <laughs> I I found that cool. And so today, I'd really like to dig in to what GTM or go to market means to you and to CIP. And I think it'd be really fun to walk through your five step framework of how you think about going to market for your brands and your communities, but. First I'd love to start with, you know, some definition. To to yeah. me, I definitely have a go-to definition of go to market, but you're representing the operator side of our industry. When you think go to market, what does Autumn think about?
1: Yeah. So that probably really comes from like my academic background. Like I really enjoy learning about frameworks and how to apply traditional frameworks or even like niche frameworks to different um, applications or different industries. Um, and so when I really came to learn about go to market and the traditional framework for like B2B SaaS traditionally, I think is is where that's used. Um, there was so much and like, maybe even like almost 100% alignment with how that looks within lease-up operations. And so that's probably really the framework title we would give in our industry um, is the beginning to the end stages of a lease-up. And so there's so much alignment within that. And so I use go-to-market, um, especially um, you know with, uh, on the vendor side, because I think that's more widely used, but I, they're synonymous to me in my head.
0: I like it. I, I mean I, I totally agree. I think similar to like the nuances between business to business and business to consumer, I think the parallels between my side of the industry and yours are probably much closer than we typically think in terms of how we're operating based on revenue and growth goals and kind of driven by a lot of the same metrics, even though the way this ways that we hit those metrics is different based on our our you know architecture types. Mm-hmm. Um what do you mind kind of hammering through this, this framework with me, if we start stage one and just kind of go piece by piece? Absolutely.
1: So okay. for stage one, and, um, as it, I'll say just like relates to multifamily, um, product ideation and development. So, um, th- these are just like the beginning stages of when any organization or, um, product or, a, a property developer decides they want to build a certain asset within a certain market on a certain piece of land for a certain audience. So that's product ideation and then the development part of it. So they're starting, they're going out for bids and they're starting that, um, construction part of the project. Um, so I would really consider that stage one. Um, and you know, we, we, try to have as much organizational alignment as we can at CIP. So that is, um, you know, marketing may not have the heaviest hand in that. That's a different group of people, but we still have that communication there to understand what are the goals for having this new asset in this new market or in an existing market. So that can carry through the rest of the marketing strategy
0: have you found within like feedback looping that that the role you play has been able to to be a voice back into development thinking differently about amenities or layout and those kinds of things and in, in my experience marketing and leasing's voice as a feedback loop back into development ends up being wildly valuable have you seen anything over the years in terms of the role you've been able to play in the creation there in stage 1
1: Yeah, I think there's been um, expanded value in marketing having um, a part in these beginning stages of go-to-market or lease-up operations. Um, So we handle all of our survey programs within marketing as well. And so we hear from other projects of what are. Um, Or from other residents at other properties. What are the really critical elements that they want to see within their unit or within their amenity features on site. And so we're able to find sister properties or like properties and come back with that data and say, this is really what people are looking for. If we're not planning to have this, we should really reconsider having this certain amenity. Um, You know, there's really people within the organization that um, are far more experts in unit layout and things like that. Um, But I'll, I'll say branding is another one, too. And we're creating more holistic branding on sites, especially for some certain assets like our top tier luxury assets. So how can we build a name and a brand and let that flow through the interiors of the property as well?
0: I like it that that makes a ton of sense to me, and i i uh, I like the specificity there, too. Let's jump into stage two.
1: Yeah, so um stage two, product launch planning and organizational alignment. So this is really like project management at its core. What are you doing, and when are you doing it, and who's doing what? Um if you're not getting that on paper and getting all of your stakeholders, um, quite literally in the room or on paper and assigned to certain things, you're not going to set yourself up for success. And you wanted to allow yourself enough time to market the product to your audience so that you're setting yourself up for success, whatever your KPIs are for that project. Um, and then also taking like seasonality into effect, which really affects us here in the Midwest. Not a lot of people want to move mid-December. So um, the summer months are really our busy season. And um, that's where you just got to take that time and plan it. And then you're also getting on the same page, too, as far as vision and goals so that when you are in later stages, you can reflect back on stage two of that project planning and making sure everyone is still in alignment with the same goals.
0: I feel like one of the big things we've seen over the past couple of years is moving away from a set it and forget it technology stack to really individualizing the technologies and strategies we're deploying at the property level. Do you find the technology piece coming in at this stage in terms of how you're thinking about the different levers you're going to pull on or does that that come later on in your framework?
1: Um, you know, I would say we're thinking about probably from the very beginning, how this asset may need to differ in terms of marketing strategy or personalization efforts. Um, at this point, probably not putting anything into play, um, but we are starting to think about the scope of the brand and how we're del- delivering that brand promise through some of our marketing automation or some through some of our marketing communications.
0: Okay. that makes That makes perfect sense. Well, let's jump into stage three, pre-launch marketing.
1: Yeah. So pre launch marketing, this is when you have a name, you have a brand, like you know what the asset is, you have these tangibles that you can introduce and publicly announce. And that's just exactly what that is. There's no alpha or beta in lease up operations like there is in like B2B SaaS. So this is kind of like (laughs) maybe most similar to your alpha in a sense. So you're putting things out there, you don't have your entire um Marcom wrapped up yet, but it is public. it is live. You do receive some inquiries for residency already um, and you know maybe you don't have an on-site team yet. The building is still under construction.
0: I like it that makes that makes perfect sense. and do you do you find um this being your core marketing team that's involved here and in that pre-launch or are there other stakeholders that you find yourself leaning on to make sure that you're thinking holistically because this one feels like it's really like priming up for go time?
1: Yeah, Um, I think it just goes back to like that stage too, like who are the certain stakeholders are for a certain project. Um, Marketing plays, especially on the MarCom side of it, plays the, the role of bringing things live or bringing things to the public but we're in really close alignment with operations or if there's been a property manager assigned um, to that community, the regional manager and some of our other development um, executives there.
0: It feels like stage four is where the magic starts to happen, but I wanna hear it from you. Let's talk about stage four (laughs) of the framework.
1: I I mean, everything we're doing in the preceding stages is leading up to stage four, and this is basically MARCOM all in. So you have your website, Up, you have your CRM system in place. Um, You are allowing the audience to interact with your business and you're starting to sell your product. So, you're starting to maybe write leases at this point. Um, So, stage four is quite a lot, but stage one through three, you're preparing all that in action for a certain date and time. You're going to execute this to the public and you're going to be able to start selling your product.
0: Do you celebrate stage four? Do you have like a go live date? Do you have, I mean, you see like ribbon cutting ceremonies oftentimes in our space, but is there anything internally you've done here to sort of celebrate that you've made it to, you know, the start line of, of kicking go on, on the programs? That's kind of a, an interesting question, but I'm, I'd love to hear if there's anything you do from a, a ritual standpoint here. <laughs> a
1: ritual standpoint. Um, you know, I'll, I'll definitely say like we probably don't celebrate enough um, because we're one project to another. We don't, you know, go have pizza or go have a glass of wine after work. So to say some of our teams are kind of scattered throughout the Midwest. Um, But it is a really important date, whatever that date is, or even uh, multiple dates um, within stage four. Uh, We use Asana um, project management system and marketing. And so that's a really key date or milestone for us. And so, um, we work backwards a lot from a certain date within our project management timeline, um, and it is an, an internal celebration. And we de- definitely do celebrate or acknowledge that we've come across that um, that next step in the project. And then when you just click that button in Asana, you get like a flying unicorn or something ridiculous like that. So I love it. in a sense, yes. Could we do better? Sure, we could. <laughs>
0: I'm very much like a micro moment person. It's it's definitely something I took from you know my days of getting inter- to interact with the Google marketing team so closely, and uh, I I try to celebrate the micro moments often, just because I think that everyone plays such a big role in the small things, and we tend to only focus on the big ones. But I like that I like that approach. Um, stage five feels like this is kind of the ongoing management of, of GTM for you, but your words, not mine. Um, how does, how does stage five look like for your framework?
1: Yeah. So ongoing marketing and sales alignment, I mean, exactly what it kind of says there. Once we publish the website, so to say one component of many, um, marketing should not stop. Um, and this, all of this being said, this, I don't think is unique to multifamily, um, this is, should be in all organizations, um, in all industries, to, at least to my knowledge. Um, so making sure you have that feedback loop with your sales team and the people who are on the front lines talking with perspective and current residents, how are we in marketing continuing to meet the needs of a future residents? Is our messaging on point? Um, how do we need to adapt? And then... We all have the same goal. We want to get um, that property leased up and we want to create exceptional experiences for prospects and residents. Are we continuing to meet those needs? And so, having really structured, intentional, and timely conversations over the course of time is really important. I
0: really like that you went through such a thoughtful framework and. I guess my next question is, is more around like the outcome that you've seen in putting together such a cohesive plan from, you know, soup to nuts or A to Z Mm -hmm. in, in my world. And again, I think there's going to be some head nodding here because I think our worlds are quite aligned. Team alignment is massive. I mean, sales, marketing, and CX being radically focused on the same goal, operating as one team is a make or break when it comes to business success, especially for growth businesses and it's also one of the biggest things you hear about, whether it's on LinkedIn or podcasting, is you know how do we create more alignment? Whether it's through org structure, through process, et cetera. What have you experienced here in terms of the mm-hmm. the outcomes for CIP, or even like the personal satisfaction you get from work and in having you know an Asana-driven approach for <laughs> for go-to-market for your org?
1: Yeah, I think organizational alignment is everything. People just inherently want to know how they can help um, serve a purpose, whether that's within a project or within the greater goal of the organization. Um, And asset management or property management is is not easy, and there's a lot of moving parts. And so making sure you have a handful of key people in the room who also are decision makers too, and are focused on the vision and the goal for a project is is really critical.
0: I think another question um, I'd ask for you along this th- same thread is from when you joined to where you are today, have there been any t- tangible or even like intangible things you've noticed in terms of how the business is talking or thinking or, you know, my, my wife is a project manager by trade, very linear as a thinker. And, you know, she wants time. She wants notification. She wants a Mm -hmm. heads up that something's coming and she doesn't want to know, you know, that it's tomorrow. She always tells me that failure to prepare on your end will not constitute an emergency on mine. And I (laughs) think that's her being a planner. Right. And I'm just curious, like any other, like kind of tangible things you've experienced in putting such a formal process and rhythm in place?
1: Yeah, so a few, I think, key outcomes that I can draw on. The first being um, confidence. So we are far more confident that we are putting our best foot forward with this project because we've gone through a structured process. We've made sure we've had those conversations. And at the end of the day, we're all in agreement that we, again, just put our best foot forward in all possible departments or who has had a hand in this project. The other thing I would say um, is we're um, much more prepared too. So we're being more cognizant of the time that it takes to execute these items. And that seems to grow too, depending on like what department you're in. And I can reflect on this in marketing, Um, just with new technology that we're implementing over time and new features within our tech stack. It just inherently takes more time to get this stuff up and running. And so you have to account for that. And so by planning, we're making sure we have enough time and our people, our employees feel really confident um, that they're getting the support they need in order to get this project done. And then overall, I think the outcomes of the property or the the tangible KPIs, the quantitative KPIs um, have been impacted too positively. So whether that's you lease up by a certain percentage at a certain point in time, um, you know, what is your website analytics look like, or even, you know, the non-tangibles, you feel much better about the brand that you've created and how that's impacted your perspective and current residents.
0: Last question for you before we look to wrap up, and um, it's a bit of a curveball. Have Have you evolved, how you've thought about metrics and kind of the measurements of success for your different teams within GTM. And I I ask because in my world, you know, marketing, how is pipeline looking? How's pipeline to conversion looking? Sales, you know, how's your funnel? How's your conversion rate? Um, How is speed to launch looking? Like there's this like really tactical flow you can develop that I Mm -hmm. know you can too. Um, From a metric and measurement standpoint, have you developed a way to monitor, you know, what's working, but also where maybe there's an opportunity for improvement across the choreography.
1: So one of the tenets that I bring into my my work life every day is more is not more. So you can measure everything in the world, so to say, um, but that's not maybe going to be helpful to you. It may lead you astray or then you're not really looking at the KPIs that are critical to you and your organization. So there's just some things that we can and do measure, but we don't look to that particular measure as a level of success. Um, And so we really focus on those ones that we ascertain or discuss in stage two of what's the vision and what is going to make us successful. And we look at that and continue evaluating that in stage five.
0: I love it. Well, before we close, I want to see if you want to put me on the spot at all. Do you have any questions for me today?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um you know, I feel like I should have maybe added this in my introduction to myself. I never found myself to um, you know, want to work in multifamily. I kind of just fell into it and some of the conversations I have with other people is they kind of just fell into it. Um so What's your story with multifamily? Did you fall into it? and what's your favorite part about working in multifamily?
0: I think like everybody, I, I fell into it too. I, I spent the first five years of my career in product creation at Nike in the world headquarters up in Beaverton, and I had you know five promotions in the five years I was there and saw like a really steady trajectory of, of growth. But I think I was always craving faster pace. And I loved Nike, but I was always going to be a cog in the wheel with a company of 40,000 global employees. So I started thinking about you know where I wanted to live, which was Bend, Oregon at the time. And what I wanted to do, which, which was sales and, and technology. I just knew that was the future. This was back in 2014. And so I started looking at companies and there weren't that many choices in Bend, Oregon, but there was a startup called G5. So, I joined as a sales engineer. I was hardly qualified, but they said yes, probably because of Nike. <laughs> and you know, six years um, raised private equity. We five xed revenue in the six years I was there. And I think what I fell in love with was growth and this like constant forward momentum. And so, vertical aside, I just love moving fast. I love deploying programs. I love branding. I love hiring. I love building. And I've kind of found myself as this playbook operator, someone who can come in and architect emotion, and help a company go from, you know, zero to 60, 10 to 50, whatever the metric might be in your mind. And so I think that's what I've like really enjoyed about multifamily is that it feels like the ceiling is high and there's just such a big opportunity to deploy frameworks like we're talking about today, um, new, whether that's technology or, organization. And I think until it doesn't feel like that, that ceiling is where it's at, I'll probably be in here for quite a while. And I think the, the speed that we can move, um, it feels like it's a big little industry, which I like too. It is a big industry. It's also a durable industry. Um, and so I think those are some of the verbose reasons that I like it. And, you know, coming up on 10 years later, still (laughs) having a field day.
1: Awesome. I do have one more question if, if sure. you have time.
0: Yeah,
1: um, yes. How do you anticipate marketing and multifamily to change within the, next, within the next several years? And what impact will that have on operators?
0: I think operators are going to start um, playing a bigger role of dictating what technology needs to look like. And I also think we're going to see a lot more opportunity for technology companies to have much more flexibility in how they can be rolled out. I think one of the most important conversations right now in our industry is centralization. But I think one of the biggest gaps right now is it has not been defined. Centralizing is a thing. I mean, are you centralizing leasing? Are you centralizing collections? Are you centralizing renewal notifications? Like there's a lot that can be done there. But I think what I'm really excited about is, you know, probably creating more enterprise technology so that, you know, things like integration are taken taken more seriously. I think right now that is a very loosely used word in our space. Uh, and I also think, you know, rollout. It's your, it's your company, not mine. It's your residents. They're not my residents. So making sure that the way that technology can be customized and catered to the customer is something we're definitely seeing at Rent Dynamics as a big opportunity as we move into the enterprise, but also as an opportunity like, you know, unify our company to yours so that... The same choreography you just talked about, Autumn, within go-to-market. I want to see that same alignment between technology providers truly becoming technology partners for customers. And even though that's like an ambiguous thing, I think that's going to be one of the biggest things that we tackle in the next 18 to 24 months is flexible rollouts and unified moments of value.
1: Awesome. Thank you.
0: I'd love to put the red carpet out for you before we wrap up, whether it's a role that your team is trying to fill or simply the best way for someone to get in touch with you, because they're going to have questions. Um, you've been a great guest today. Anything you'd like to share before we close?
1: Um, you're, anybody's welcome to connect with me anytime. Um, if you're in the Midwest region or Nebraska, I'm always down for coffee, Um And yeah, check out CIP CIP rentcip.com. If you're in the Midwest, we do occasionally have leasing specialist roles, property management roles, maintenance roles. Um, And if you're in Lincoln, Nebraska and want to connect in person, that's where I'm headquartered. So again, always happy to have coffee or a glass of wine or something. So
0: (laughs) we've been a great guest and thank you for your time today, Autumn. I look forward to chatting with you soon.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much, Mike.